the federal land uh, comment that he makes, right? He's like, why don't I like the feminist movement? Biden went for his checkup at Walter Reed. And step number three is the telepathic mental manipulation. You can't just erase biological women by, by taking My name is Shipwreck, and I'll be your hostess with the mostest. Interesting to me that all of these, these trans women want to come out and help. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Shipwreck Show. My name is Shipwreck, and I'll be your hostess with the mostest. And we're alive! <laughs> we're alive, Sonia. I'm alive. I'm a little... I'm a little tired, but I'm alive. We're here. We are here. Welcome to the show. It is good to see you. It is Tuesday, and on Tuesday, we're going to do the Nooners. For now, we might be moving it, though. I just We're going to talk a hot minute about that. Purple Princess, thank you for helping us. Damn it, Sonia. She keeps hitting the buttons before I can get there. <laughs> thank you for helping us keep the lights on. I love your face. You guys, I love your faces. I got the messages, the videos, the comments. I saw it all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If I'm going to be really honest, if I didn't have a show, <laughs> I probably wouldn't have said anything until later, until I was home, just because, well, you know how that is. But uh, I appreciate you guys on Sutton. Purple Princess, I appreciate you. I appreciate everything. Sonny, I appreciate you for keeping everybody updated when I just couldn't. Um, we'll talk a little bit about that. Welcome to the live. Risa and Lori and Double N Glenn. Double N Glenn got a new account on the Tiki Talk. Jeannie and Heather, the artist and Texas Buckeye Girl. <clears throat> Welcome to the live. It's good to see you. Um, we could talk at high level just a little bit about it. I don't have a lot of answers. I won't until after tomorrow. But I was in, what was it, Thursday? I was in my kitchen. I was making Arkansas beans. Have you ever had Arkansas beans, Sonia? Oh, they're fabulous. They're green beans and brown sugar and bacon and soy sauce. And then, oh, it's fantastic. It's my kids' favorite summer treat, right? I was making Arkansas beans. And William... <laughs> Thank you. That was a very generous super sticker and it will probably go to that. We have good insurance. Um, and, and my understanding is we also don't pay for the hospital trip from one hospital to the other since it was mandatory. So it's just the probably $5,000 hospital trip from my house to the down the block. Um, but thank you. That was very, very nice. It's a very generous super sticker. Um, <clears throat> And I, I got a bubble in my chest, just like a burp bubble. And I thought it was just a burp bubble. And so I waited for the burp bubble to pass and then it didn't pass. And then I started to feel really shitty. Um, so I sat down with my Arkansas beans and, uh, the bubble was getting bigger and bigger. And, uh, I started to feel really lightheaded. My blood pressure bottomed out. Um, and so I went and I laid down because I didn't want to fall down. And I called my husband who had just took the middle kid to baseball practice. And I said, Hey, you know, you better come home. I said, something, something isn't right. I'm not feeling well. Uh, so he comes home by the time he got home. I, I couldn't, uh, I, I couldn't really talk. I couldn't breathe very well. I was so hyper-focused on just staying conscious that I couldn't, um, breathe or talk or anything. And so we were like, you know, it's probably call. They called, he called 911. Um, and I, and the whole time I'm laying there too, I'm trying to think of that. Like, is this a panic attack? Is this an anxiety attack? Is that what this is? Because I have those. I'm very in tune with my mental health. I I'm very aware of, of my, my anxiety and my panic attacks. And I'm very in tune with them. I know what they are. And so I kept thinking, you know, let's, I'm going to lay here. We're just going to let this pass. I wasn't stressed out. I wasn't anxious. I wasn't even on my phone like for hours. And do I have gas? Right. Is this a burp bubble? Is this something that, but then when my, I, I went, I guess I went super white and then my arms, um, dropped, like I couldn't lift my arms. I didn't have any feeling in my hands and in my arms. I didn't have any feeling uh, basically from like my chest up. And so we called and they were like, yep, we'll be right there. And by the time the paramedics who were uh, fantastic, by the way, 
by the time they got here, I was actually feeling a lot better. I, I was, the bubble was starting to subside. My chest still really hurt. Um, but they hooked me up to an HKG and I'm like, you know, Melissa Harold, thank you so much for the super sticker. I appreciate it. Um, and they hooked me up to the EKG. They, they monitored my heart for a few minutes. They were like, you know, your EKG is good. Then they did something else. Like a trip. I don't know if it was the troponin test or if that came later, but they did something else. And they were like, they were concerned about the results of that. And then my history. So my, my old man had his first heart attack in his early forties. And, uh, he went and had a stint and a, and a balloon put in. Um, and then he had his second, uh, in when he was 71 and, he went in for a quadruple bypass and then never, never came out. Um, and so given the history, Melissa, Harold, thank you so much for the super stick. You guys, thank you so much for your support. And of me and my family, I appreciate, I love your faces. Thank you so much. Um, given my history and then my blood pressure was in like the forties. So they were really concerned about that and concerned enough to where they wouldn't really hear me out on the panic thing. And I'm like, you know, and they took me to Cowtown Hospital, which is here in town. It's just a small hospital. Um, my doctor was my kids' basketball coach. Um, and they ran a troponin test. And so they draw your blood, and then they wait an hour, and then they draw it again. And then if they take the first blood that was your baseline, and then they compare it to the second blood. And so as for a woman my age, my troponin scores need to be at 50 or below. And my troponin score was 51. And so they were like, well, it's a little elevated, but we'll see when they got it back the second time, it was like 85. And so they were concerned enough to think that this was, you know, that to think this was a cardiac event. Um, and then they got it back the third time and it just kind of kept climbing. And so they didn't have it to deal with it here. And so they sent me by ambulance to uh, Nebraska or to Council Bluffs, which is basically Omaha, um, where they did more testing and I did a stress test and I did an echocardiogram and they did all of this stuff. And I am a mess. Uh, I am not, I am not a good patient. Um, I am a child. I am a child. I am a crying, sobbing child. And I don't like needles and I don't like hospitals and I don't like doctors. And I was not combative. I wasn't a douche, but I was scared to death and keeping it real. Thank you so much for the super sticker. Thank you guys. Um, and I can't sing these guys' praises enough from the Cowtown Hospital to the Cow City Hospital. Uh, they didn't judge me. They didn't mock me. They didn't forget about me. They took us seriously. They took my husband seriously. Um, they took it more seriously than at this point I was kind of taking it because I was like, you know, I do have really bad anxiety. Maybe this is that. And I just missed it. And they were like, no, no, no. Cause the troponin score, they were like, no, 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 we're going to have to go. Um, so they sent me, but all of the tests came back, uh, great, except for my blood pressure and except for the troponin score. So my echocardiogram came back. The stress test came back. They had me on a treadmill in a gown. I had only slept two hours and I was hooked up and I'm running at a 10 and I'm bawling and I'm bawling. I'm sobbing. I'm like, stop this. This is maddening. And she's like, I know, but they don't call it a stress test for nothing. Just keep going. And I'm like, I hate you. And she didn't get mad at me for hating her. Um, they were fabulous. And then they, uh, the doctor came in and they said, you know, we don't think it was cardiac. We think it, it, they said it could have been a virus. It could be a virus that infiltrated into my chest um, and maybe in and around the heart. They said it could be, you know, anything like that. We'll find out more tomorrow. And it is something that they're all taking serious enough to where we have to do some follow-ups. And then given my history and this event um, and my apparently piss poor ability to manage my anxiety, we're going to have to make some changes. And I know I talked about in a TikTok, some of those changes that are going to be coming down the pipe. We're going to create a group. I have a lot of people that, that want to be a part of this group. I, it's not going to be a larger group. Sonia, I haven't listened to your message yet. I just remembered. I'm sorry, but I will. Um, it's not going to be a large group. We're going to have a group of people that's going to help us keep track of the news. That way I don't feel the need, I guess, to be on my phone all the time. Like I am, they're going to help me hunt stuff down and, and things like that. And just kind of be a part of what we do, which is going to take off some of the pressure. Um, Justin's already reached out. He wants to be a part of the group. We're going to let him because it's Justin and him and Sonia are going to kind of help with all of this. And that's, that's what we're going to do on this front. I have to find a better balance between what I do and taking care of myself and, and obviously my family. Um, I also have to give a big shout out to Mr. Shipwreck because damn, I am a baby. 
I'm I'm crying. I can't talk. I don't know what's going on. I'm scared out of my fucking mind. My anxiety is at a 20. I am just, I am so anxious that I am, I'm like a mute. I can't even comprehend what's happening. And he just calmly, this is, he is not a confrontational dude. He just calmly, he's like, this is her history. Here's, you know, here, here, here. He's like, I'm going to take care of the kids, took care of the kids, kept them calm. He's like, you know, just kind of making jokes with them. It's going to, I got to give a huge shout out to that man. You know, we have had all marriages go through some shit and boy, I can't, I can't be more thankful that we worked through ours and we are still here because I couldn't have imagined trying to go through this with anybody else. Um, anything else, anything that we go through, he is just that guy. And it drives me nuts <clears throat> sometimes because it's like, we just be a little more like passionate, but that's just not who he is. And in times like this, he was exactly what I needed. Just calm, collected. He had, and just, I got to give him uh, just all the kudos and he, he kept me calm and he, he made me feel safe. He came to the hospital the next morning in Omaha, um, you know, and he brought me home and the whole time he's made sure that I've stayed in bed more or less. And he made mother's day dinner. I mean, he just went above and beyond. So good on Mr. Shipwreck. I got to give him some kudos, uh, Mr. Shipwreck for the win. I, again, I couldn't have imagined going through this with anything else, any, anyone else, but we are going to be changing some things. We talked about changing possibly the date too of the shows. Instead of trying to do them on, on Tuesdays, we might do them on Fridays. And that way we can just lump everything all into one show, one nice long show. Uh, we get everything that we need broken down and we get everything that we need. It also gives time for breaking news for more information to come out. Like a lot of these, these shootings have been, there's been, a for some reason, there's been a ton of mass shootings. I don't talk about those because by the time the media calms down about it, all of this other information starts to come out and it's like, you know, some of that looks pretty weird. The Patriot March that they had this weekend too. I don't have it, but they did. A, there was a Patriot March and everyone's like, they're trying to, and it's like, I'm pretty confident. Those aren't Patriots. And if it's, if it is, it's like this, like somebody had brought up that it could very possibly be a group of Nazis from the Ukraine. area. <laughs> like, did you see that? And he broke it all down. And I'm like, so it's, and I don't like to talk about it because also I don't feel like the media should be covering that on a 24 hour cycle. The reason for that is, is because it does inspire other people then to do it too. And whether it's real or it's fake, it doesn't really matter. It inspires other people to do it too. i saw that in a video one time and I thought, Jesus, that's a great idea. Like maybe we cover the bigger ones maybe, but to cover all of these constantly, and it just adds fuel to the fire for the, the revision of the second amendment. And that is not what we want either. Like we don't, our second amendment does not need to be fucked with. Okay. <clears throat> they were all feds. That's what, that's if you, I mean, come on, come on. Those guys, <clears throat> no, yes. I mean, there's no way that that was not what these, they were like, Oh, look at the Trumpers. no. Like I saw a video of them changing from their like little fed uniforms into these sh like get like there's far too many people around with cameras now that for you to get away with doing something like this publicly. We saw them get arrested, but then a bunch of cops turned up and said, hey, you know, this is not how you arrest people. You don't put them on their knees like this. You you have them sit like in an Indian style and you make sure that you remove all their masks for identification. They didn't do any of that. Like the whole thing was insanely staged. Um, James, thank you so much for the super sticker. I will take Mr. Shipwreck out on a date. Um, I don't know where yet though. He likes Italian food. I'm not a huge Italian food fan, but I might just swallow my pride and we'll talk about it. I don't like Italian. Sonny, you like Italian food? No, I just, do you? God, I'm not. Give me some tacos. That's what I have for Mother's Day. I had tacos from this recipe we found on TikTok. It was fabulous. But thank you for the super sticker. Kat Silverby, thank you for the super sticker. I love your face. Um, the majority of these will probably go to this medical bill, just so everybody is aware, because it will cost. But again, we have good insurance, so it's <clears throat> thankful for that. <clears throat> but yeah, so I don't talk about a lot of that. And so more to come on moving the live. It's going to be a couple weeks before that happens. I can't have a Fan Fun Friday this Friday because uh, the youngest tugboat is graduating from firefighter junior school. And that is at 1230. Do you know that they do that? So apparently these kids are, they can take these little firefighter classes. He's like nine, eight. Anyway, he's graduating from it. He's very excited. He's very excited about it. He gets his own hat and a little badge. 
Um, so good to him. So then we won't be live this Friday. Um, so more to come. More to come what this all is going to look like. Nothing drastically is going to change from your viewpoint. I'm just going to change the way that I think I, I do the stories at this point and, and trying to keep track of everything. So with that all being said, <clears throat> let's get into it. What are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about the Durham report. Do you guys know that came out? Do you guys remember the Durham report? Who remembers the Durham report? Do I have it? I do. The Durham report, which all started, this all started the Russia, Russia, Russia. So during the Trump campaign, this was like the big thing. This was the thing that they constantly were pushing that he needed investigating because he got with Putin and was like, my guy, listen, I need you to finagle in this election so I can win. And we were all like, no, that didn't happen. Maybe it did happen. I don't know. If it did, do it again, because I'm sick of fucking paying $4 a gallon for gas. Somebody get Putin on a phone and Trump. Let's just work something out anyway. So they did this whole probe and they spent millions of dollars in taxpayer money. I don't know. Can we talk about that for a minute? Where does that money go? Is this all paying Durham? Is this how much he gets paid? Like everyone's like millions of dollars in tax dollars went to this investigation for what? Who are we paying? What are we paying for? Pet paper, laptops, what? Typing it up? The long hours in his office? Guy looked like he could have used some work. What are, I, I got more to come. I'm, I'm curious as to where all of that money went, which makes me think that maybe this was more of a money laundering type of situation. But I digress. Anyway, after four-year probe, Dunham Report slams the FBI for actions in 2016 Russia investigation. Dun, dun, dun. In a long-awaited report released Monday, special counsel John Durham slammed the FBI for actions it took during the 2016 probe scrutinizing then-presidential candidate Donald Trump's 2016 campaign and its alleged ties to Russia. Russia. Durham's final... Listen, I want to I add something here, too. Listen, to my Q people, are we listening? Where's it? Do I have Q people in here? I'm a silent Q person. That is where the people were like the PSYOP ideology came from when it came to Q. I just want to throw that out there, that it was a Russian PSYOP. And now Durham is saying, you know, maybe that wasn't so true. I'm just throwing that out there. Anyway, moving on. Okay. <clears throat> whether it is, whether it's not, it's up to you, whichever you want to believe. Uh, the Justice Department and FBI failed to uphold the important mission of strict fidelity to the law, according to Durham, in a 306-page report. Durham was tasked in late 2020 by then Attorney General Bill Barr to investigate the origins of the FBI's <coughs> crossfire, I'm sorry, crossfire hurricane probe in the Trump campaign that was launched in July of 2016. Durham's opponent came just weeks before Trump was defended by Joe Biden or defeated, defeated by Joe Biden, effectively ensuring his work would continue long after Biden took office. Some of the FBI's most controversial actions were largely based are largely based on since debunked allegations provided by former British spy Christopher Steele. Um, so though, there you go. I mean, it came out finally. There's, I have, do I have anything? Yeah, I do. In the final report alleges that the investigation into Trump in its early days was handled differently from how the FBI approached the prior matters. According to allegations, foreign election interference plans purposely purportedly, sorry, aimed at Hillary Clinton's 2016 presidential campaign, which Durham team also examined. In short, it is this office's assessment that the FBI discounted or willfully ignored material information that did not support the narrative of a co conclusive, collusive, collusive, not conclusive, of a collusive relationship between Trump and Russia. An objective and honest assessment of these standards of information should have caused the FBI to question not only the prediction for a crossfire hurricane, but also to reflect on whether the FBI was being manipulated for political or other purposes, and unfortunately it did not. While Durham did not appear to say outright that the FBI-Russia investigation should not have been launched, he strongly suggests in the case that while using sharp language to admonish Ad admonish former FBI leadership and agents and describing his findings as sombering, sobering, which I think is the same thing as sombering. In a statement issued in the response to the report, FBI officials said the conduct in 2016 and 2017 that special counsel Durham examined was a, the reason that the current FBI leadership already implemented dozens of corrective actions. So I'm going to stop there <clears throat> with that article. And we are going to talk about what the FBI then came out and said which I have. Nothing is in order today either. So bear with me as I fumble mumble through this. Okay. Um, the FBI came out. Is this it? Let me look. Nope. That's not it. This is it. 
The FBI came out and they released a statement stating that the conduct in 2016 and 2017 that Special Durham examined was the reason that the current FBI leadership has already implemented dozens of corrective actions. Uh, had those reforms been in place in 2016, the missteps identified in the report could have been prevented. This report reinforces the importance of ensuring that the FBI continues to do its work with the rigor, objectivity, and professionalism that the American people deserve and they rightly expect. How grandiose. Nobody believes the FBI. Nobody believes any of these three-letter agencies anymore. They're all corrupt. Like, I'm more afraid of our own FBI than I am of China or Russia at this point. Um, DJ Freedom Rockets posted something really good, and I'm gonna pull that up. Not that. Hold on, gots to find it. That's Trump's statement. Is this it? I think this is it. So DJ Freedom Rockets on Instagram posted that in summary, the FBI was just caught attempting a coup on the president of the United States back in 2016 by Durham. And then they admitted guilt by releasing the bullshit statement stating that essentially it was cool. We made changes and it won't happen again. We promise dismantle them yeah there was no real accountability and i remember when the changes were made but they still lied about it they still should be held accountable it should be abolished in my opinion donald trump came out and he is a statement of the durham report was wow after extensive research special counsel john durham concluded that the fbi should have never have launched the Trump Russia phobe, phobe huh, probe. In other words, the American public was scammed. It was just as it's being scammed right now by those who don't want to see greatness in America. And then he linked Fox News's article to it. Um, CNN was actually one of the first um, news stations that reported on this, which everybody was kind of talking about because they were like, well, first the town hall and now this. And what is CNN doing? And are they going anti-woke? And we're going to talk about that a little bit, but I'm going to play these videos first just to make sure that we're all on the same page when it comes to CNN. Just kind of pay attention to what they have to say and how they kind of say it. The report is now here. It has dropped and it might not have produced everything of what some Republicans hoped for. It is regardless devastating to the FBI and to a degree it does exonerate Donald Trump. That must have been so fucking painful for him. <laughs> He's like, but... Kind of. It, it, it does exonerate him. It basically says that this should never have happened. It does exonerate him, CNN. Here's another one. And just watch this guy. You can listen to him, but just kind of watch how he's acting. Uh, now an investigation that's four years in the making. And uh, we finally have the conclusions. Uh, more than 300 pages uh, released by the Justice Department. Now uh, it has now been uh, transmitted to members of Congress who also are going to want to bring John Durham in. Uh, to uh, to review some of the findings, but the bottom line is this: the uh, the investigation found uh, that the FBI failed in many many ways. Things that we already knew from a previous uh, Inspector General report, and I'll read you just a part of it uh, 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 of John Durham's conclusion. He says, based on the review of Crossfire Hurricane and related intelligence activities, we conclude that the department and the FBI failed to uphold their important mission of strict fidelity to the law in connection with certain events and activities described in this report. This is uh, now a lot of people, like I said, were kind of blown away that CNN was doing this, this on top of the town hall. But as I was talking to Sonny a little bit backstage, cause she was kind of too. Now CNN's their, their CEO was fired. What? Like a year ago. And I want to say he was fired for some kind of sexual misconduct, but don't quote me on that. I don't remember. But he was fired a year ago. And then CNN's new CEO that was put into place is reportedly also really good friends with Donald Trump. Now, I can't verify any of this. This was all based, based on some counts that I follow on Twitter. But there was no link or anything like that. However, given that unverifiable information, but still kind of juicy information and CNN's like effort to become more center, more C-SPAN. We talked about this during the town hall, right before the town hall started. CNN is trying to become more of a centered news outlet. Um, and all of that, it does kind of lend credibility to what they're doing. This is kind of why CNN is, they're trying to be less left and more center to the dismay, I'm sure, of a lot of their, their um hosts on their network okay cnn um don don the mod probably was one of them because he was as about as left as you can freaking get he was about as big of a trump hater as you can get he was a huge douche canoe uh but they let him go 
So CNN is trying to come in and be this almost like maybe what Fox News was before now Fox News, because now Fox News is starting to kind of like like they're they're switching, but it isn't going to do any good. And the reason it's not going to do any good is because they're not going to be relevant in five years. I read an article today that like 50 percent of the American public listen to podcast podcasts and get their news from podcasts versus mainstream media to where 2021, it was more like a quarter. So our 2022 is more like a quarter. So all of mainstream media's ratings are in the tank there. I don't know why they're trying to, maybe they're trying to save what they've got. But if you watch the town hall, it was just business as usual, CNN bullshit. So I don't, I don't know. But it failed, too. Like, everybody thought it failed. Even the left was mad at him. Even the left was like, boycott CNN. And you know how funny that was for me? Because I'm looking, look, you're finally getting it. Like, you're understanding that mainstream media is the devil. Uh, Michelle Hurley says, maybe now that CNN is reporting on this, this will wake up the normies. I did read a tweet about that, too. Oh, do I have it? No, I don't. And I don't remember. It was Aerie. Maybe I do have it. Hold on. I read it this morning. It was Aerie on Twitter. A-R-I-E. I do have it, Ariel. This A R I E L, and it's at, at Proton A R I O one. And he went on to state just that same thing. He went on to state that Jake Tapper said that the Durham report is devastating to the FBI and does exonerate Trump. Donald Trump's town hall was a political success. Anderson Cooper, this all CNN. Anderson Cooper town hall backlash for defending Donald J. Trump. Why has this shift in bias CNN taken place? Because it is now owned by the Republicans. And that's where the whole idea about Trump being friends with the new owner of CNN. It lends credibility to it. But again, I really don't see unless CNN can transition over into more of this social media. Mainstream type of deal, I'm sure that the, a lot of these networks are going to be watching Tucker really close. I thought about this, too. I and mean, we're going to talk about this, too, because Elon Musk is in my my wheelhouse today. But. They're going to watch what happens with Tucker and his show on Twitter. And this might be something that Twitter, because Twitter is eventually going to transition over to Project X. I think he wants to rename it. And it's going to be, have you read about this? So he wants to move it over and they want to call it Project X or X. And it's going to be a one-stop shop for everything. So you'll get your TikToks, or your videos, you'll get your tweets or your updates. You'll get to be able to post things like on Instagram. It's going to be a one-stop shop. That is that is Elon Musk's big vision for Twitter. Um, so for Tucker to come out and to announce his new show on Twitter, and Elon did come out and say that, no, they weren't working together. But it leads me to think that because Tucker is going to do this, something more is going to come to Twitter, something of more maybe like a live streaming option. And Twitter used to have that, that then they took it away. They went with spaces, which I don't really get. But I think I feel like mainstream media as a whole is going to migrate more over into your social media platforms, your podcasters. This is something else, too. If if you can't buy advertising, if nobody's watching the news why would politicians spend a bunch of money on advertisement to advertise on the news if nobody's watching it? They're not. And so they're hiring people like Harry Sisson to push their agenda. This the mainstream media is it's going away and it's being replaced by, like it or not, Harry Sisson and and your content creators and your podcasters. And the nice thing about this is is that it gives the people as a whole millions of choices to pick from on who they want to get their news from. If you like Dan Bongino, you can go to Dan Bongino. If you like um, me, you can go to me, right? We have fun. We play music. We, we hang out. We do things. Uh, if you like Joe Rogan, if you like, you know, they're all going to these podcast stations to listen. Everybody's tired of mainstream media, probably because they all have like cardiac events like I do, because everything is breaking news with these people because they're so concerned about clicks and likes and stuff. So more to come on um, why with CNN, it'll be an interesting transition to watch. Um, when they fired Don Lamont, I knew that something was up because or even with Fox News too, maybe even a little bit, because I feel like this is kind of just the, this is it for people. Now I have another video that I do want to do too with the Durham report, just a second. And this is, this stems from Hillary Clinton. So 
with the Durham report, it also says that Hillary Clinton, if you want read it down at the end, I don't have it, but it says that Hillary Clinton didn't know that any of this was happening. She just happened to use it for more to come on that. Um, there's two different ways that it's being read into. And so they're going to haul this dude into Congress, I guess, next week. And so we'll live stream it and we'll get kind of the gist of what that looks like. Um, like I said, people can read shit however they want to reach it. Some people are reading it as an as an out for Hillary Clinton, like he's exonerating her too, not just Trump. Um, but then they went and we found all of the, the Clinton stuff with the Russia, 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 right? And she was all talking about her dumb shit. She'd been pretty quiet on Twitter now. But there was also a conversation about Obama. Let me see if I got that one. It's not that one. Not that one. Do I have it? Is it this one? Yeah, it's this one. So this is Greg Price on Twitter. Like I said, I'm not really organized. I haven't cropped anything, but just listen. Greg Price on Twitter, who's a big deal. He boasts over half a million followers. Good, you know, good source to go to. He states that according to the Durham report, the plan by Hillary Clinton to create the false story linking Donald Trump to Russia was briefed in August of 2016 by CIA Director John Brennan to President Obama, VP Biden, AG Loretta Lynch, and FBI Director Comey. And then down at the bottom, the Hodgkins twins asked, well, now what happens? And then he says nothing because nothing really is going to happen. I hate to be that guy. Look, and we all know this and, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer because a lot of this is just knowing that this is happening. You all understand it's all corrupt now. And this is a little bit of more of a vindication that it's all corrupt. And now, you know, is anything going to happen? I, I doubt it, but we'll watch and we'll just have to wait and see. But, and then underneath that, they posted a video and this video is of Obama talking about it. And here's that video. Hmm. Okay. Want to watch a uh, president lie to you? Here, I got you. To direct the Justice Department to say Hillary Clinton will be treated as the evidence goes. She will not be in any way protected. I can guarantee that. And, and I can guarantee that not because I give uh, Attorney General Lynch a directive. That is institutionally how we have always operated. I do not talk to the attorney general about pending investigations. I do not talk to FBI directors about uh, pending investigations. The, uh, we have a strict line uh, and always have maintained it, previous so, presidents. Ju just to button this up. I you, guarantee it. You, I guarantee that there is no political influence in any investigation Lie. conducted by Lie. the Justice Department or Lie. the FBI, not just in this case, Lie. but in any case. And she will be full stop, period. And she will be treated no differently? Guaranteed, full stop. Nobody gets treated differently when it comes to the Justice Department because nobody is above the law. Oh, wow. Nobody is above the law. I've heard that before. Well, according to John Durham's report, breaking the Durham report, a plan by Hillary Clinton to create a false story linking Donald Trump to Russia was briefed in August of 2016 by CIA director John. Nobody is above the law. I should make a shirt with that on it. Nobody is above the law. And then every time you get arrested or you're going to get arrested, like, listen, nobody is above the law. And you just tell them. And then they're not going to arrest you because they're going to be like, you know what? You're right. Because that's how shit works now here in America. So Congress and Jim Jordan was so fired up about the whole thing, which I, again, we kind of saw coming. I got to give a shout out to Louise for sending me these two. She also sent me the Obama video, um, but they are going to drag Durham into um, the Congress floor next week. Is that next week? Am I reading that? The 15th? It's a date today. Today's that was sent yesterday on the 25th. So on the 25th, which is going to be next Thursday, I'm supposed to go to a chiropractor, but I think we'll miss it to stream this. I'll go on Wednesday. It's fine. I'll go on Wednesday. It'll be okay. And they're going to drag him into Congress to testify as to what happened, why it happened, and what happens from here on out. Or maybe they won't get any answers. Who knows? Um, it's going to be with Jim Jordan, which is historically usually pretty good with Jim Jordan. One of the things about the congressional hearings, too, a lot of it is theatrics. So I wouldn't put any weight. They're not going to, like, kicking the doors and Trump's going to come in with handcuffs. I mean, none of that's probably going to happen, but it is going to be interesting to watch um, how this is going to be handled on the Congress floor. The reason we do a lot of these hearings too, is it does give you a good idea of who these congressional people are. And that is an important thing to note, not just the ones that get all the, all the talking points, but the ones that, you know, maybe that are in your state that are in your, you know, 
it's important to watch these things and to watch them live so we have a good understanding of what happened and we're not just going off the clips. So when that gets set and if we can find it, which we should be able to, we'll go ahead and we will live stream it. Uh, and that's going to be next Thursday. So good for fun. Good for that. That'll be fun. What else do we have? That's what I have for the Durham report for right now. I might have more as this continues on, but for right now, that is pretty much the meat and potatoes of what's, what's happening. So I've got another thing that I wanted to talk about too. And this is going to be Mr. Elon Musk. Listen, God bless America. Get off of there. Listen, we're all like Twitter and we're all going to go to Twitter and we're like Twitter and free speech, right? So they, they pulled a clapper. They're pulling a clapper on people. Fucking A. Johnson they are. We'll never go back to clapper. Double on Glennon if you're in here. A couple months ago, Elon Musk announced that he was going to be hiring a CEO to run Twitter. He was going to step down as CEO. He was going to hire a CEO because he wanted to be more on the, like, I don't know, the logistics side of things and just kind of, he wants to just be able to tweet his trolling and that's about it. Uh, and then we kind of all forgot about it. And then he announced over the weekend that he hired a young woman named Linda Yaccarino. Yaccarino. Linda Yaccarino is NBC Universal's advertising executive, and she is going to be taking over as the boss with Musk holding on to the senior role in the company. So she's going to be CEO. He is still going to be in control. He's still going to be over Twitter or X or whatever, uh, but she is going to be the CEO. Linda Yaccarino will take over as chief executive from the billionaire who has proven to be controversial and unpredictable in his role since he bought the company for $44 billion last October. Uh, Musk indicated that he will still play a prominent role at Twitter, tweeting that Yaccarino will focus on the business operations while he will concentrate on the product design and new technology. Before confirming Yaccarino's appointment, Musk also tweeted that he would become an executive chair. Here is the tweet. He said, yes, I'm excited to welcome Linda Yaccarino as the new CEO of Twitter at Linda Yak. <laughs> Okay. Uh, we'll focus primarily on business operations while he focuses on product design and new technology. Looking forward to working with Linda to transform this pre this platform into X, the everything app. This is again where that rumor is coming from too. This kind of stems from this tweet that he is going to be changing Twitter over to application X or X, and it's going to be the everything app. That I am kind of excited about. Not so excited about this young lady. And the reason for that is because she is, let me pull it up right here. This is her. This is Linda Yaccarino. And if you look really, really closely, okay, Linda, yeah, I, I can't even see it on my big, just a minute. Let me pull up my damn phone. You know why? Because I am old and blind. Obviously I am old and blind. Linda Yaccarino. This is Linda Yaccarino's um, LinkedIn page. And she was the executive chair. She is, is not was currently the executive chair for the WEF. She started there in 2019 of January, and she is still there as we sit now. The World Economic Forum is an independent and in, in, in international organization committed to improving the state of the world by engaging businesses, political, academic, and other leaders of society to shape global, religional, oh, regional, <laughs> fucking A, regional and industry agendas. She is the chairman of the WEF's tax force on future of work and sits on the WEF's media entertainment and culture industry govern governs stealing committee. She is also highly engaged with the value in media initiative. So great. Just fucking great. Listen, they might as well just hire the CEO of YouTube. Holy crap, William, thank you so much for the super sticker, the other super sticker. I really appreciate it. Thank you. That is going to pay for the ambulance ride. We we probably got enough now. Ambulance ride covered with insurance. This would be great. William, thank you so much. I love your face. Um, I don't know. And, and here's, okay, so here's a couple of things too. So last week, so two, three weeks ago, Fox News let go of Tucker. And Tucker's like, I'll be back, right? And we were all like, oh, cool. Maybe he's going to like start his own. <laughs> we're not. No, double N Glenn. Stop it. I'm not. I, you know, I'd go be an admin. I would go be an admin at Clapper. Listen, someday I will share the story of Clapper. I'm not going to do it today, though. A <laughs> couple of weeks ago, Fox fired Tucker. Tucker's like, I'll be back. We all thought Tucker was going to go to like a different news network or we thought he was going to start his own podcast, which a lot of these people do when they leave the mainstream media narrative, right? He didn't. Tucker came out and was like, hey, 
yeah, I'm going to continue my show, but I'm going to do this motherfucker on Twitter because Twitter has got free speech and is the, la- what do you say? It's the last platform for free speech that we have left. It's all we got left. And that was last week. And we were all like, fuck yeah. <laughs> and then Saturday hit. Was this Saturday? It had to be Saturday because I was still on bed rest. Friday or Saturday hit. And Elon tweets out that he's hiring some WEF puppet to to run Twitter. Um, So I don't know what this is going to look like. I am going to treat Twitter very similarly that I treat YouTube. Because you're you're just you're gonna have to force me off. I'm not leaving. Force me off. You're gonna have to kick me off indefinitely. Um, but given, it, it just it doesn't seem like a coincidence to me that Tucker announced his new show on Twitter, over 80 million views or some ridiculous ass number. Okay, he's bringing his entire base to Twitter, an entire base that is consistently been censored on Twitter. People went back to Twitter because of, of Tucker Carlson. And now they're going to, they got Linda Yackernacker. She's going to come in. She's is, I, I, I haven't now because of everything that's happened this week, I haven't had a lot of time to think about this, like to find the connection. Um, I, somebody said, well, they think Tucker sold out. I don't think so. <coughs> I don't think Tucker sold out. I don't think this is like that. Um, I, I really don't know that Elon Musk knew Tucker, but Elon came out and said that him and Tucker were not working together in this, that they were not going to, they were not buddies in this, that he just announced that he was going to do this and that was going to be it. Um, I could put Sonny back in the corner. <laughs> Can you do can you do like the hand stuff? That would be kind of neat. No, because then we'd be making fun of the the hard of hearing folk. I don't want to do that. They could take that personally. I would, you know, I don't want to do that. Um, so I, I don't know. And she's gonna start, and I I guess we'll test it out. We'll see how how far we can push her. I t- I post anything and everything on Twitter. It doesn't sometimes it doesn't go anywhere. Sometimes my reach gets hammered. I've noticed that like with certain things, specifically when I'm talking about how transgender, how men are not women, uh, sometimes my reach will get severely limited on that, but maybe we'll see, we'll see what happens. We're going to treat it like YouTube and we're just going to keep going. So that was why Elon Musk uh, was in the news. And then he hit the news again and he hit the news again because he was presented with a subpoena. And this, this is something I don't know an awful lot about just yet either. So more to come. But Elon Musk was issued a subpoena in the J.P. Morgan Epstein suit. I know of the suit. I think we've talked about it a little bit. So J.P. Morgan was getting, was being, was, was getting like kickbacks from Epstein and his trafficking deals, right? They were getting money. Um, and there's a big investigation that's been going on. But Elon Musk was issued a subpoena by the U.S. Virgin Islands in its lawsuit against J.P. Morgan Chase and Company of knowingly benefiting from Jeffrey Epstein's sex trafficking. The U.S. attorney said in court papers it had reason to believe that Epstein may have referred for referred or attempted to refer Musk to J.P. Morgan as a client. Several other billionaires, including Google co-founder Larry Page and Sergey Brin, have also been issued subpoenas by the U.S. V.I. Musk's attorney, Alex Sapiro didn't respond to questions about the subpoena via email, but Tesla incorporated chief executive offer, uh, officer addressed the issue on Twitter in a response to, in a response to a posted article calling it idiotic. They go on to state that this is idiotic on so many levels. The Cretan never asked, never advised me on anything whatsoever. Number two, the notion that I would need or listen to financial advice from a dumb crook is absurd. Number three, JP Morgan let Tesla down 10 years ago, despite having Tesla's global commercial banking. Um, the USVI on Monday asked the judge overseeing the case to authorize the alternative means of serving the April 28th subpoena on Musk. The territory said that it had made good faith efforts to obtain an address from Musk, including hiring private investigators, but had been unable to relocate one. So Elon Musk is just off the grid. Like even the swamp can't find him. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know why they are going to be subpoenaing him. So more to come. I don't know if he's going to have to actually go. 
Uh, Michelle Early, a lot of people are starting to say this now. I was never sold on Musk. I'm never not sold on Musk. I told he's got a platform. I've got something to say. And that's how I'm looking at all of this. And this is how I would encourage all of you, all of you, every single last one of you to look at this, even as at Truth Social. I don't have truth, um, but I have heard some people have problems on truth too. And if Truth Social was such a free speech platform that wasn't regulated by anybody, then why didn't the Google um, Play Store and the iPhone Play Store take it down like they did to Parler? In my opinion, Parler at the in its heyday was your true free speech platform, but because they would not, they wouldn't conform to the community guidelines that the swamp wanted them to conform to. They took them down. <clears throat> yeah, the co-founder of Google has been subpoenaed too. So. Every single platform from YouTube to Rumble and Rumble. Rumble has treated us real well. It's given me organic growth. It's it's done all of the things. Um, but each and every platform that you use, you have to take it with grains of salt. Don't pour all your eggs into one basket. Don't keep all your followers on one platform. Spread them out. Use multiple different platforms because nobody, there's, there's no platform that's going to be safe. We thought it would be Twitter. I was hopeful. I'm still hopeful that it stays the way that it is. Um, Elon has been very, very engaging with a lot of the big accounts, which are, they're big accounts, but they're not like media accounts. They're, they're just big accounts, like, like Cat Turd, right? Very engaging. And that's why I am hoping and very quick to restore people when they've been taken down uh, erroneously. I am hoping that that doesn't change. I'm hoping she doesn't come in with a heavy hammer. Um, and I'm hoping that if she does, he fires her. That's what I'm hoping, but I'm not going to put all my eggs in one basket. We're just going to keep everybody spread out and we're going to multi-stream in as many platforms as we possibly can. So more to come. Don't be emotionally attached to any one platform or any one news station or any one podcaster. Uh, everybody is everybody. And, and that's how that's going to go. Rumble is good so far. Yes. Rumble has been real good to us so far. Nothing with the copyright. They, like I said, my organic reach is really good. Rumble is, is if you're looking for something to really, um, if you only, if you really only want to just stick with one, I would recommend rumble getter is way too far right for me. Have some of you been to getter? You want to talk about some Nazi far right burning crosses and yards type of fucking scary. Like there's a lot of talk about those kind of people. They make it sound like they're on every fucking corner. They're not, but they do exist. Holy balls. I spent a total of an hour and a half on getter one time and I never went back. Um, we're not going to clapper. No, that's personal. Okay. I took that personal. Okay, they took my idea, my clapper coin. They put me on a marketing team. And then I was like, I got this idea. And they were like, this is amazing. And then they took it. And then they kicked me off the platform. And they took all my clapper coins. No. At least with TikTok, I know what's coming. And I don't give them any ideas or money. Gab was just as bad too. So free speech is great. And I think Gab is like, you know, those are going to be, but woofta. Okay. Yikes. That's some scary shit. Um, what else do I got? That's it. I got the Twitter, Elon subpoena, um, Joe Biden and Howard university. Did you catch this? This motherfucker. Okay. <laughs> I can't even take this guy seriously anymore. I can't, I can't, I can't. Joe Biden over the weekend went to, and it was Kamala Harris's alma mater, so where she went to college and spoke to the graduates. And now <laughs> Howard University is, just let me pull it up. It's, it's, it's historically, it's a black college. It's, you know, it's a, it's specifically made using funding for, um, for black people and, you know, rightfully so, whatever. But he went and he's giving his speech, right? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show the speech and I'm going to show you a TikTok. I'm going to show you this picture first. Look, people are fuck They're sick of shit. They're sick of shit. They're tired of it. Even this guy is like, if this is written on the top of his graduation hat. Can I make this? I can't. People are just, they're tired. <sighs> the kid's not suicidal, by the way. Somebody find that kid and give him a medal. 
He has been paying attention. He understands the assignment. Here is the video. And then I got a TikTok of a guy that explains it really well, too. Let me see if I got the video. Again, I didn't crop any of this, so just bear with me. So Joe Biden stumbled into some controversy over the weekend while receiving his honorary. Not the video. The video first. Oh, it's not going to play. So stand up against the poison of white supremacy as I did my inaugural address to a single out as the most dangerous terrorist threat to our homeland is white supremacy. And I'm not saying this because I'm at a black HBCU. I say wherever I go. Just. What? Why would you say that? Why would you? Two things. Why would you say that? Okay. Everybody knows you're a little racist in the history of the past. Okay. Listen, we, a lot of us remember the Senate. I don't, I was four, but I, I can look at things. It's hard to find now, but I find them. Okay. Listen, I got footage of you running. I'm not going to play it. It's a hate speech, right? I got footage of you running around and everyone's like, you took it out of context. Not that footage. I got other footage of you running around dropping the N-word. I got other footage of you not wanting your children raised in a racial jungle. You piece of shit. Why would you say that? What would possess you to say that? You lost the black vote and people are over it. And they're over Kamala too, coming out there mocking him. Do you see her on the stage? I don't have that video. That was last week. No, it's in my shorts. Go watch it. It's terrible. She's trying to like drop the Ebonics. Like it was just gross. And people, they just saw right through it. It's ridiculous. But I have a TikTok, and this kid explains it really well. This is a great kid to follow, too. If you should go find him if you got TikTok. Here so Joe Biden stumbled into some controversy over the weekend while receiving his honorary doctorate at Howard University. So Joe was talking to graduates at Howard University, which is a very famous, successful HBCU. It's where Kamala Harris attended. During his speech, instead of uplifting the students and being positive, he said white supremacy was the single greatest threat facing our nation. Joe then said, I'm not just telling y'all this because I'm at Howard University. I say this wherever I go, but people with half a brain know he was stoking the flames of a culture war or whoever was writing his speech. What's kind of ironic is that many of the black students graduating that day were protesting Joe Biden even being there. Here you have one of the students because they feel like Joe Biden and Kamala Harris used the black voters to get into office and then said, bye, see you later. Thanks for your work. Now I know I've got folks on the left, the right, the middle, none of the above who follow me and I welcome all different perspectives, but we can all agree, yes, there's some white supremacy in this country. That being said, if we're being real, 99% of white and black people actually get along. We're cool. We're good with each other. But the powers that be and the higher ups, they want to keep us fighting and divided over race in these culture wars so they can say, hey, vote for me because I'm going to fix it. Now, I understand you're always going to have a portion of the population that's off their rocker and bigoted and wants nothing to do with anybody who's different than them. I think many politicians on both sides of the aisle and the wealthy people who pull their puppet strings would rather us fight over skin color, race, religion, background, so we don't wise up and band together and ask about inflation, gas prices, energy prices, and all these other issues happening. I think if the economy was flourishing, people could pay their bills, pay their medical insurance, they wouldn't be fighting over other issues. What I wish Joe Biden would have said in his speech is that 57% of Americans can't put their hands on $1,000 if they're in a tough spot or an emergency. The fact that there are single moms out there working multiple jobs and they still can't pay their rent, pay for their car, pay for their kids, pay for their food, that to me is the single greatest threat facing our nation. There's so much more I have to say on this subject, so be sure to come back, but I wanted to thank you guys for liking and following, and I'm glad we can have this open dialogue. Y'all know I respect all different opinions on here, so I'll see you on the next one. Drop some comments. Tell me how you feel. Bye. He did a really good job of explaining it in a very calming way. Good for him. He did a good job. I had to play that for you guys because he's right. I mean, this, listen. <laughs> no, Joe, that is not the biggest threat to our country right now. Just last week, you told us that Russia was the biggest threat to our country right now. Two weeks ago, you told us it was China. A year and a half ago, you told us it was COVID. You're going to come out here and you're telling all these people, you're, you're scaring the fucking shit out of everybody about the biggest threats to our country right now. None of those things are threats. White supremacy is not a threat. It exists. It's terrible. But there are more people that are against it than are for it.
and they'll take him out. They they don't have time for it. That was bullshit. He was pandering, and everybody knew it. Every single person knew it. We're 54. What else do I got? Oh, I do. I got. Hold on. You want to talk about the biggest threat? You know what I think the biggest threat to our country is? This fucking guy. This guy right here. The Pope. I was going to talk about this last week. And I forgot. I didn't forget. I wasn't here. The Pope came out and made a statement on sex abusers. Because he came out and said, well, they're children of God too. And they're deserving of love. I don't know how I feel about this one. I don't feel like that's accurate. But let's read on. Pope Francis raised some eyebrows while discussing sex abusers with whom he labeled children of God who deserved love and pastoral care, as well as revolving enemies who must be punished. Are as well revolting enemies who must be punished. The pontiff made his report or made his remarks last week during a private meeting with a group of Jesuit priests in Hungary, but they only published Tuesday, or they were only published Tuesday by these guys. It's La Saventilia Catacolia, an Italian Jesuit journal. He goes on to state that how do we approach? How do we talk to the abusers for whom we feel revulsion? Yes, they too are children of God, but how do you love them? Francis was quoted saying. The 86-year-old leader of the Roman Catholic Church was responding to a question from a Hungarian Jesuit who asked, the gospel asks us to love, but how do we love at the same time the people who have experienced abuse and their abusers? The Pope acknowledged, acknowledged the answer to this powerful question, and it was not easily at all. Francis explained that sexual predator was to be condemned, but as a brother, still deserving of love and care. There is a logic, a form of loving the enemy that is also expressed in this way, he added, and it is not easy to understand and live and to live out. The abuser is the enemy. So he says that they need to be punished and they need to be condemned, but only as brothers. Maybe. I don't know. No, this is pro probably because this is why the Catholic church has so many issues, right? Because there's no clear cut line. You know, you got the priest out here. He's like, you know what? I know this is wrong, right? And I know I'm going to be condemned, but I'm going to be condemned as a brother. So I'm going to do it anyway. I know they are. I know, but we just have to keep trying really hard to not let that happen. And it really does start at home with your kids. My kids are very aware of good touch, bad touch, and mom will murder people. Like, just be scared. Like, tell people. But you just got to keep pushing back. And again, that conversation, it starts at home and continues online with everybody. A lot of the kids I run into, you know, obviously we're on an FYP and, and a lot of these kids understand that this is, this is an agenda and it's trying to be pushed on them and they don't agree. Our kids are smarter, I think, than we think they are a lot of times. And so just keep setting the right example. And that's the best we can do. But fuck Pope, seriously, with your religion and all the problems that the Catholic Church has had, you can't just condemn it. You can't just say, you know what? They may be a child of God, but while they're here on earth, we're done. We're not going to condemn them as brothers. I don't even know what the hell that means. Blessed be. I have one last thing, and I just really want to talk about this because I can't get it out of my head. Have you seen this? Son of a bitch. Diane Feinstein went back to the Senate last week in a fucking wheelchair. She's missing an eye, I think. Hold on. They wheeled her. Just... I can't. I can't. Diane Feinstein is 90 years old. She got shingles. I don't know. Three months ago. Somehow they let her be in the Senate again. God, no. I didn't know she's still alive. And then she got shingles. And so she's been on hiatus for three months. And then they're like, oh, she's back. Looking springy. Bitch. Look. Just. Just look at this. These are the people that are deciding the fate of this country. She kept asking the aides, why can't I walk? Why can't I get out of my way? And they just kept shushing her. She's going to go in there and make a decision about our country, an important one. And she can't even... <laughs> This is worse than, what's his name? They dug her up and slapped. They did. They did. She. I don't think she looks, I think she looks worse than Fetterman. I'm going to have to disagree. 
They just dug her up. They were like, we're not done yet. You just get in the chair. Just get in the chair. Vote no. Lordy. Lord, Lord. She's back. I guess. She could be a clone. I don't know anymore. She could be that worm. I don't know anymore. I don't know. I don't know. More to come and die in Feinstein, I guess. That's all I really have for today, you guys. And until more stuff becomes available when it comes to the Durham report or the Musk stuff or anything else that breaks, uh, obviously we'll bring it to you um, at some point. Watch our content. I'm working on it. We're working on what that's going to look like. But that is all I've got for today. I do. I'm going to wrap this up because I'm going to go mow my yard because it needs to be mowed. It rained a whole bunch here and then the sun came out. And you know, when that happens, it just your grass just grows and my, everybody's mowing today. So I'm going to go mow, uh, but we're live. Let's see. We're live tomorrow. Tomorrow's Shannon's night too. No. Yes, that's right. Tomorrow's Wednesday. Tomorrow's Shannon's night too. And she wanted to talk about, I haven't made a thumbnail for it yet, but I will. She wanted to talk about the Kemet Egypt, K-H-E-M-I-T Egypt. Kemet? I've never heard of it. Have you heard of that? Sonia, I heard of it either. It's not in Texas. Okay. Kemet Egypt is going to be the topic tomorrow. More to come on what that is. It's Shannon's night, so she's going to lead. And then we will be back with you at some point. So probably next week. With that, you guys, I love your faces. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you for all the kind words, for the, the super stickers, for the messages, for the videos, all of it. You guys, I am humbled beyond belief by, by people on the internet. You guys are incredible. Thank you so much. With that, keep her moving. Take it easy. Tell your mom I says hi and watch out for all of those deer. Bye, guys. Back off, I'll take you on. Headstrong, you take on anyone. I know that you are wrong. You're headstrong. You're headstrong.